Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? I want to welcome you all to another great episode of the Scale Your Business podcast, where we want to help small business owners like you succeed. I'm your host, Andrew Dupeval. I just want to buy my mama house. Thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. I have a lot in store for you all. And today I'm going to be giving y'all an update on how businesses are doing since the outbreak of COVID-19. I'm also going to be going over the list of resources and funding that I've been promoting on my IG page, which consists of updates on what funds are still available and what resources and organizations are out there ready to help you guys as small business owners. Now, first question. How exactly has COVID-19 and the shutdown been affecting businesses in the United States? Well, you know, for, for large corporations and public companies in the U.S., many restaurants, casinos, airlines, and companies that provide some sort of in-person entertainment or are involved in the travel industry have definitely dropped tremendously in sales due to COVID-19. Many businesses have already closed their corporate offices and headquarters and are enforcing staff to work remotely from home until further instructions from the state. And some states have already started opening back up and allowing non-essential businesses to open. I know for Massachusetts, we're currently in in phase two and we're going to give it about two to three weeks before we open to phase three. Most of the market, when we look at the stock market and public companies, most of the market has bounced back since since the, the drop that we've seen for many of them. But the stock market, I want to let you guys know that it does not represent the economy or the financial health of the average American. You know, the stock market, it definitely dropped March 16th. That was the lowest that, that it touched for most of the, the indexes. But for the majority, for the most part, they all bounced back June 1st. So when we look at this market, we don't want to get confused and think that, okay, the economy's bounced back or the economy's doing well or things are getting better. It's actually the quite opposite. The When it comes to the average American, you know, the economy's actually doing pretty bad. The the sentiment, the, the consumer sentiment is pretty low. But when you look at the stock market, when you look at investors, people who are winning, they're doing pretty good. They've already kind of realized most of their losses that they saw. So when we look at the S&P 500 on February 10th, it was at $3,400. By March 16th, it had already dropped down to $2,300. But by March, I mean, but by June 1st, it had already bounced right back up to $3,100. And for the Dow Jones, same thing. The Dow Jones in February 10th, it was at $29,500. By March 16th, it had already dropped back down to 19000 but by June 1st, it had already went up to $27,000. Now, for the NASDAQ, that was at $9,700 on February 10th. It had dropped down to $6,600 on March 16th and actually went higher than what it was in February 10th on June 1st. So by June 1st, it had already touched 9791 which is $91 higher than what it was February 10th. Now, for the most part, when you look at these indexes, February 10th was the highest peak before the whole shutdown. And when you look at March 16th, that was actually the lowest 
point that all the indexes touched after COVID-19 spread. But by June 1st, you know, after a few months of, you know, the the government running around and trying to find resources and solutions and, you know, trying to amend the, the crash and all that sort of stuff, most of the indexes have already realized most of their losses, right? So, Again, the stock market doesn't actually represent the actual economy or the financial health of the average American, but it's good to know that large companies are already bouncing back up, right? Now, when we look at the most impacted industries for these large corporations, retail, travel, and entertainment, restaurants, they've definitely been hit the hardest. When we look at brick and mortar stores, clothing apparel stores, you know, malls, all of that has definitely lost a lot of sales, especially since the, the government shut down and most of these brick and mortars were non-essential. So there were they weren't any customers or revenue coming in. And if those retail stores didn't have a, a strong e-commerce platform, then they definitely lost that revenue that they would have made for the month. Now, when we look at the travel industry, you know, airlines, cruiser cruises, car rentals, Airbnb, even recreational parks and things of that nature, right? Things that people do and go travel for or people that things that people do for leisure. A lot of these things have definitely saw a big drop in sales as well, because as the government shut down, there was less people active to go travel. There was less people active to go to recreational parks. And it was also non-essential. So many of those things were already shut down and couldn't be accessed by the public regardless if they wanted to or not. But, you know, as we take a look at post-COVID, we want to make sure that we're aware that consumers no longer want to interact with businesses the same. Consumers are still scared of COVID-19 and any other diseases that can happen when they go travel or when they join these cruises or when they partake in these recreational parks. They want to make sure that their health and their safety is top priority. They want to make sure that their family is safe. They want to make sure that these companies are prioritizing their health. Now, when we take a look at some of the bankruptcies that we've seen from these large corporations, there's been quite a few. You know, it's not only the small businesses that have been impacted by COVID-19 and the government shutdown. It's also these large corporations. And to name a few, JCPenney had a notable bankrupt bankruptcy, Goldman Gems, Mohegan Gaming and Entertainment, Lord and Taylor, Hertz, True Religion Apparel, Neiman Marcus, J. Crew, Disney even cut its dividends. And if you guys are familiar with dividends, Disney's been paying the dividend for quite some time now. And for them to cut their dividends post-COVID, that's a very major deal. So, you know, that's that's something to take note of. So as you can see, most of those companies that I named, there's obviously a lot more public companies that that filed for bankruptcy. But a lot of these companies are in the retail or in travel or in entertainment. And like I mentioned, those are the industries that have seen the, the largest impact or negative impact. These companies that are filing for bankruptcy does not necessarily mean these companies are out of business, does not necessarily mean these companies are not dominant leaders in their market. It just means that they need to restructure how their liabilities are written and how their assets are accounted for, right? With that being said, many companies, especially large companies, always go through every so years um, some type of bankruptcy so that way they can restructure the way their books are for their liabilities and their assets. Now, when we take a look at nonprofits, like most in-person businesses, there are many nonprofits that have experienced a drop in engagement with their programs, services, and events. 
Many local nonprofits are leaning towards crowdfunding sources to raise capital, especially from their local communities. And the ones that were able to transition their programs and services online without a hiccup, they've definitely been able to continue their good work remotely. And for the most part, nonprofits from all over the nation have been stepping up to help the community and small businesses and entrepreneurs bounce back. So shout out to these nonprofits that are still fighting a good fight. You know, obviously funding is a little bit tight right now. They're they're not able to have programs that they planned for for 2020. Some of the services that they wanted to, to do and offer for the year, they weren't able to do because of COVID-19 and the shutdown. And even think about some of the fundraising events. A lot of these nonprofits rely on fundraising events, sometimes their annual events. And for 2020 to almost or COVID-19 to, you know, cancel or the government to shut down and, and, and all these events are no longer able to be had. It, it's like, where is this money going to come from now? Right. So like I said, many law, local nonprofits are leaning towards the crowdfunding sources, their local crowdfunding sources. So they're looking to the community to chip in, donate, share their cause, you know, even volunteer, whatever they can do to make sure that that nonprofit continues. Because once COVID-19 is done, we're going to rely heavily on the nonprofits to to help the people who are impacted the most from COVID-19 and the government shutdown. As far as startups, any entrepreneur willing to take the risk of starting a business, especially during times of recession, is most likely someone who has enough confidence in their own abilities and the startup itself, the idea that they're willing to launch, right? And in the past, there have actually been many large corporations that started off small during the past U.S. economic recessions. And some notable businesses that were actually founded during the 2008 crisis are Uber, Airbnb, Square, Groupon, and even Disney way back in the Great Depression of 1920s, right? So don't look at this recession or don't look at this government shutdown or this pandemic as a as an obstacle that is going to deter you from starting your business. If your idea, if you're confident in your own abilities and you're very confident in the idea that you have, start the business. Regardless of the situation that we're in, the business will thrive and it will succeed. The only thing that matters is how are you going to adapt to the new world? How are you going to put the customers first? And how are you going to keep up with all the innovation? And how are you going to innovate and shake up the world, right? So if you have those abilities, start the business. Don't wait. Many of these businesses that I've mentioned that were founded during the 2008 crisis, many of them started off with groundbreaking and innovating products and services that would change everything about their respective industries forever. So if you want to start a business now, take advantage of the new trends that are popping up due to COVID-19, right? And some of those trends include social distancing, online platforms and engagement, social responsibility, so on and so forth. Take advantage of some of those trends. And if you're a business or if you're someone that that is in that industry, innovate it. Make some groundbreaking products and services that would shake up the whole industry, because that's what these businesses that were founded during the 2008 crisis did. When you look at Uber, it shook up the whole travel industry or I should say the whole car, the whole um, taxi industry. Right. Getting a ride, ride sharing, whatever you want to call it. It shook it all up and it actually created its own industry called ride sharing. Airbnb, same thing. When you look at hotels, inns, Airbnb shook up that whole industry. 
square it shook up the whole industry about not having to go to the bank to give someone money not having to do a wire transfer instead you can go on your phone a square mobile app and you can send your friends money and you can receive money free of cost they shook up the whole industry disney same thing shook up the whole industry so if again you're confident in your own abilities you're confident in your business idea start it but make sure you shake up your industry now, as we look at small businesses, according to a survey by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, 54% of small businesses state that the lack of profitability due to the decreased number of customers will be their biggest concern as we reopen the economy. The second biggest concern for small businesses is protecting the health of their employees, which is at 36%. Other concerns include a resurgence of the outbreak forcing another shutdown, 34%, and challenges with implementing social distancing, 28%, or additional health requirements, 16%. Even with these concerns, 48% of small businesses said that they still feel comfortable with their cash flow. So that means 52% of businesses are not comfortable with their cash flow. And what is cash flow? Cash flow just means how much money you got coming in this month and how much money do you expect to go out this month, right? Obviously, as a business, you want more money coming in and less money coming out. So if you're uncomfortable with your cash flow, that must mean that more money is coming out than you have coming in. And you must be uncertain and uncomfortable with the projected cash flow or the projected cash coming in. You must have Doubts that you're going to be getting cash coming in in the next few months, especially since the since we have so much uncertainty on one COVID-19 two, how long the government shutdown will last three, how the average American has been impacted financially due to the COVID-19 pandemic and, and four, how is the economy going to help and support these small businesses to make sure that consumers are comfortable enough to even enter these businesses. All of these things, these factors that are causing uncertainty for the business owner is making them feel very uncomfortable with their projected cash flow. Now, when we look at these Boston small businesses, the city with the third highest number of reported cases, <laughs> they're not doing too well, right? They're definitely not doing better than the rest of the nation. And as of June 8th, we are now in phase two of four phases for reopening the city, which means that many establishments, including childcare facilities, hotels, outdoor recreation, historical spaces, have opened back up. But when we take a look at these Black-owned small businesses in Boston, we're going to see a lot higher numbers of bankruptcies and businesses that have shut down due to COVID-19. Many of these Black-owned businesses were already suffering before COVID-19 pandemic. So now with that, with all of that into factor or in place, these black owned businesses are doing far worse than they were before. They're doing far worse than the other businesses that have been impacted by COVID-19. So there does need to be a highlight and a focus on helping these black owned small businesses in Boston before they're gone forever. Now, there was actually a survey done by the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts back in early March, which found that over 90% of their respondents were already facing a somewhat to severe financial impact. Over 60% only had cash reserves to last them up to 90 days, if at all, and over 40% would have to lay off staff in order to temporarily survive. 
Many of them have shut down due to them being deemed as non-essential, while others shut down because they stopped breaking even and couldn't afford the losses. And in the initial weeks, many businesses reported losses of up to 75% or more of their normal revenue, which grew to about 90% or more of their normal revenue by late April. 68% of these businesses had to temporarily close during the, uh, the city shutdown. So black businesses are suffering. Like I stated, you know, even in the survey, we're seeing numbers. 90% of respondents were already facing somewhat to severe financial impact before COVID-19. So the executive director of the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts tweeted out literally an hour after the government announced to reopen the state. He tweeted, until the rates of infection and death go down dramatically in communities of color and specifically black communities, the state of Massachusetts must remain closed. The state has the resources to help sustain businesses until then, and it should do so. And what exactly was Sigon really saying when he was when when he tweeted that out? You know, I, I can I can share some of the concerns with him because as we look at these alarming statistics for black owned businesses in Boston, they're not ready to reopen. They're not ready to 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 try to transition and and to this whole new normal or whatever we want to call it, quote unquote. And they also don't have enough money to even hire back most of the employees that they had to let go. And they won't have enough money to sustain themselves as the economy slowly becomes back to normal. Right. Or whatever that is. Consumers aren't just going to get up because the state has opened and just rush to these businesses. It's going to take time before they trust these businesses again, before they trust the world. Now, some more notable statistics on these black owned businesses. You know, despite being 25 percent of the city's population, black residents make up more than 42 percent of the Boston of Boston's coronavirus cases. Here are some more notable statistics on black owned Boston businesses and just the black population in Boston itself. You know, despite being 25 percent of Boston's population, black residents make up more than 42 percent of Boston's covid-19 cases. That's almost half of all the cases, but black residents only make 25% of the city's population. And when we take a look at these businesses, there are over 1,200 black-owned firms out of 40,000 businesses in Boston. And out of these 1,200 black-owned firms, they employ 13,000 Massachusetts residents. Who do you think those employees are for these black-owned firms? Black employees black residents and when your black residents are at a fast rate dying from COVID-19 at a fast rate being impacted by COVID-19 where are you going to get employees where are you going to get your customers there are only eight black owned liquor licensed bars and restaurants in the city out of a total of 1200 bars in Boston there's 1,200 bars in Boston, and out of that, there's only eight black-owned liquor-licensed bars. Eight out of 1,200. Five of those eight black-owned liquor-licensed bars came together to form a group called Boston Black Hospitality Coalition. 
Now, this group of five black-owned bars in Boston, they formed this new coalition to advocate and provide support for each other and the other black-owned restaurants in Boston. They told the news reporters that if they don't set up this coalition, it's almost certain that there won't be any black-owned restaurants left by the time Boston reopens. This is what the coalition told Boston reporters. So the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition reported a few statistics to give us a snapshot on how Black-owned businesses are doing amidst the pandemic. They said that 90% of their business revenue came from on-site consumption that is no longer possible due to stay-at-home advisories and social distancing guidance. 83% of their businesses are located in Roxbury. 75% of their customer base is people of color. 88% of their people of color workforce was laid off during the crisis, which affected 116 households. $1.2 million of estimated revenue was lost during the period of March, April, and May. And 100% of their businesses will have to consider closing doors for good if the status quo continues. Nia Grace continued to tell reporters that She had to lay off 90% of her staff during the COVID-19 crisis because the business lost over 90% of its regular income once the outbreak started in Massachusetts. These are some alarming statistics for Black-owned businesses in Boston and how many people are really shedding the light on it. You know, we're on social media. We're seeing all these Instagram posts. We're seeing all these social media posts that are tagging these black owned businesses, not only in Boston, but in Massachusetts and, you know, across the whole United States. But what is that exactly doing? The the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition said that 75 percent of their customer base is people of color. Eighty three percent of their businesses are located in Roxbury. Twenty five percent of the city's population is black. We're talking Boston. But black residents make up more than 42% of Boston's coronavirus cases. The black population is left with 58% because 42% are dealing with COVID-19. 58% is left in Boston. Out of that 58%, we're expecting them to go shop at these, these black owned businesses. But they're also being impacted by COVID-19. These black-owned businesses had to let go of their employees. They had to shut down. So when we take a look at how businesses are doing across the nation, that looks very much different for how businesses are doing in Boston. And when we take a look at Boston black-owned businesses, that looks completely different from Massachusetts businesses and United States businesses and how black businesses are doing across the United States. So as we take a look at some of the solutions available to help small businesses during this pandemic, you know, there's quite a few. We got some government and SBA loans and products that that have been offered since the outbreak. We also have a few uh, organizations and nonprofits and even people in the community that have created funding options and funding applications and and things of that nature. So I'm going to list off a few that caught my eye. Obviously, for the government and the SBA side of things, you know, you want to take advantage of the CARES Act employment, unemployment when it comes to accessing money or getting money to, to help pay for some of the employees that you might have to let go or, or for the employees that you don't want to let go. There's something called the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, which is established under the CARES Act. 
and it's implemented by the SBA to support businesses that need to continue their payroll, right? So this program provides small businesses with funds to pay up to eight weeks of payroll costs, including benefits. Funds can also be used to pay interest on mortgages, rent, and utilities. If you want the loan to actually be um, forgiven and instead be a, a gift or a grant rather than a loan, then you need to provide um, information and in, in, of how are you using this money to pay for your employees? How are you using this money to hire back employees? And how is this money being used to continue job security in, in your state, in your city? In Massachusetts specifically, there's the Massachusetts Workshare Program. This workshare program is an alternative for employers faced with a cut in workforce. Employers can divide available work between affected employees instead of laying off workers. It allows employees to receive a part of their unemployment insurance benefits while working reduced hours. So if you don't want to cut off your workforce, but you want to reduce hours, look into this workshare program. Now, also for business owners. Take advantage of the of the IRS resources, right? The IRS is offering tax help for taxpayers, businesses, tax exempt organizations and so on and so forth. They've made a lot of updates. So please go check out IRS.gov to keep up with all the updates and, you know, some of the things that they're doing to, to help business owners amidst COVID-19. Now, as far as what's available out there for funding. There's quite a few organizations, like I mentioned, and people that have stepped up to provide, you know, relief funds or even GoFundMe funds. And, and they've been raising money from the community to help businesses that need it the most. Right. So the first one that comes to mind is this GoFundMe called Rebuild the Block. This is a Boston initiative or a Boston led initiative. It's actually created by, I believe, um, two ladies who who saw the need in their own communities. Um, saw the need to help black owned businesses in Boston due to COVID-19 and due to the protesting. You know, many black owned businesses suffered from looting or suffered from the protest and the riots. So they came out with this rebuild the block GoFundMe to help these black owned businesses. So if you want to support the, the GoFundMe and donate to it, please do so. If you feel like you're a business that needs some of the money that's in this GoFundMe, reach out to them. Um, they're accepting applications right now and, and they're willing to work with you. So reach out to them if, you, if you're looking to get some money from them. There's also the GoFundMe Small Business Relief Fund, which is matching businesses that are able to raise $1,000 or more from crowdfunding. Check out their site to learn more. You got relief funds for restaurant workers and there's a whole bunch of that. I also put that on the list of resources and funding PDF, which you can find on learntoentrecom slash SYB. And you can download that list for free and it will have all the available funding applications, the link to apply to them, the link to contact the organizer. It also has um, links to, to the government programs, the PPP, the technical assistance, even the MGCC technical assistance organizations. I put that on that list as well. So check out that list, download it and look at all the available funding applications. Now, as far as programs and, and, and organizations that are helping outside of providing funding, there are definitely quite a few. So take a look at that list that I mentioned before and look at some of those those programs and resources that are out there to help you guys. I'm going to name a few um, just so you guys can get a good idea of what I mean. So there are plenty of businesses that have actually stepped up and have created special offers to help small businesses during COVID-19. A few to name 
Shopify, GoDaddy, Square, HubSpot, Hootsuite, Google Meet. They've all created some type of special offer to provide you guys with resources and tools during COVID-19. So take advantage of those discounts. Some of them are offering free service. Some of them are offering discounted service, but there's plenty more. Please take advantage of that. There's also the COVID Relief Legal Coalition. This is a coalition of law firms, nonprofits, and governmental agencies in Massachusetts that have joined forces to help small businesses in the greater Boston area access emergency loans and other sources of relief. So take advantage of that free legal coalition. The U.S. Chamber of Greater Boston, they've definitely provided a lot of pro bono resources and they've they've stepped up tremendously. You know, they're offering pro bono services around small business strategy, sales, marketing, legal services, e-commerce, so on and so forth. So take advantage of those pro bono resources offered by the U.S. Chambers of Greater Boston. Now, with all these resources and organizations that I've mentioned, please make sure you download that PDF. This is only a snapshot of what that PDF consists of. That PDF is about 25 to 26 pages full of programs, products, services that are being offered to help small business owners, right? So again, go to learntoentree.com slash SYB to download that free PDF list of resources and funding to help small business owners post COVID-19. So for this last segment, I'm going to be talking about what businesses should be focused on and start doing to not only survive, but take advantage of and excel during the pandemic. Now I broke it down into five different categories. The first category is take care of your employees. You don't know how much your employees have been impacted by COVID-19. Their jobs been impacted, their families been impacted, their mental has been impacted. So prioritize the health of your employees. Without them, there would be no business. And in most cases, your employees are the ones interacting with the customers on the front lines, offering the essential services. So protect them, listen to their concerns and prioritize their health over your profits. And as the economy was forced to shut down due due to the pandemic, many companies had to cut their overhead and operating expenses by letting go a few, if not a majority of their employees, some temporarily while others permanently. So you got to make sure that your employees understand what their job security is. Will they be here three months from now, four months from now? Let them know what's going on with the business, the financial, the bottom line. Let them know how much security is in their job because their life depends on that job in many cases. And when we're talking about your black employees, you got to check in with them. Check in individually with each of your black employees and any other employee that identifies as black or minority. The past couple of months has not been emotionally or mentally easy for black Americans, especially as they continue to watch their fellow Americans die because of their melanin. Educate yourself on white supremacy, the flaws of the American system. Educate your white and non-black employees. Raise and empower the voices of your black employees. And be intentional about being a catalyst to and also being a part of the change. Now is also a good time to check in with your immigrant, LGBTQ+, female, and introverted employees that don't normally talk as much as your other employees. Check in on all of your employees. Make sure they're okay. 
Like I mentioned before, the the black, the minority, the LGBTQ, they've been impacted far more than any other race or identity due to COVID-19 and pre-COVID-19. So check in on them. Make sure they're okay. Make sure they understand what's going on and how the company plans to move forward. Now, the second category to focus on are your pandemic and emergency procedures. You know, you need to start creating policies and procedures and even quality control checklists to help you with this pandemic, to help you with future emergencies, future pandemics. What are your procedures? Okay, boom, a pandemic is spreading. An outbreak has been, uh, there's an outbreak now. What are you going to do with the company? How is the company going to react? For many businesses, this is the first time they've ever been in a scenario like this. Take as much notes as you can for how you you reacted to it, how you could have done better after you know how you could have reacted better to it and some of the ways that you that you messed up. Take note of all that so that way you can improve the next time it happens, right? Write down these procedures. Like I mentioned before, the Small Business Development Center has many templates and guides in their Google Drive to help you with these policies, procedures, and and reacting better to a future pandemic or emergency. Third category I want you guys to focus on is creating several strategies on explaining how you will reopen and bounce back. You got to be specific and you got to be intentional. You can't just reopen and hope things get back to normal. There is no new normal. So you need to create a strategy on how you're not only going to reopen, but how you're going to operate and boom post COVID-19. How are you going to what strategies do you have to to continue to enforce social distancing? How are you going to be enforcing health and safety and prioritizing the health and safety of your customers and your employees? What is your strategy to do so? And as we take a look at these businesses that had to shut down because they only offered physical in-person services and products. How are you going to create a strategy, an online strategy to build a strong online presence so that if another city shutdown happens, you have a strong online presence that is bringing in money and you're not losing anything because your customers are already used to your online presence, right? Now, the fourth category I want you guys to focus on is social media. You know, social media is very big for this online presence that I'm talking about. How are you building a strategy to make sure that you're communicating properly to your existing customers? You got to continue to keep up with the communication with your existing customers as new updates arise for your company, as new updates arise because of COVID-19, communicate all these updates to your customer. Let them know what's the best way to reach you. Let them know what's the best way to interact with your company. Let them know what's the best way to purchase from your company and support your company. Let them know what you're going through. Let them know how they can help. Your customers are your, are your, their family, right? Especially your loyal ones. So make sure you're constant, you're in constant communication with your loyal customers and you don't lose that relationship. New customers. How are you going to get new customers? Social media is a big help in that especially with the with the city shutdown, you can't rely on people just walking in the community that see a sign or see your sign and just walk into your business. You can't rely on that no more. So what is your system? What is your funnel to get new customers? How are you getting referrals? How are you getting local customers? Are you putting ads? Where are these ads being put? Use social media to help you with those things. And the last category I want you guys to focus on is digitizing your business, right? 
It's very key as we talk about this whole online presence, as we talk about, you know, some of the trends that we that we're noticing post COVID-19. Businesses can't survive without digitizing their business online, right? So what does that mean? It means have systems and processes and procedures in place for how you can run your business strictly online. Doesn't mean that your whole business is running online. It just means that if for whatever reason, your in-person physical business needs to slow down or needs to get shut down because of another pandemic or whatever, you still have a whole online business or side of your business that is operating online and it hasn't been affected. And in, and in fact, it should actually improve or it should be, you should, you should start to see more numbers due to the fact that now your in-person business isn't operating as well. So your online should start to reflect higher numbers due to that, right? So you got to create the systems and the processes in order to have a healthy online business. You got to create it. Same with your website, your online platform. What is that platform that you're using to not only drive customers or, or, or get customers, get leads, convert the sale, but also provide the product and provide the service? How are you doing that online? So, you know, for these for small business owners, try your best to take a look at all these trends that are popping up due to COVID-19, due to also the 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 Black Lives Matters movement. That's always been there. But with that now being more in the forefront, people are starting to realize they need to step up in their businesses. They need to make sure their businesses are not another example of white supremacy. You know, that's just another another issue that we're dealing with with as small business owners. And then we're also dealing with the fact that people are are quickly, quickly transitioning online. Everything is becoming online. So if you're not keeping up and innovating, especially in your own industry, you will fall behind. So that's pretty much it. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. I know there was quite a lot. Key takeaways is number one. Public companies, large corporations does not reflect the economy. So because you see these large corporations or businesses or even if you see the government talking about how, yeah, the stock markets bounce back up, you know, hedge funds and, and, and funds have realized most of their losses since the outbreak. Don't listen to that. That does not represent the financial health of the average American. Right. And it doesn't represent the financial health of small businesses in the average business owner. The other key takeaway, if you are a startup and you have an idea and you're confident in your abilities, you're confident in that idea, launch it, start it. Because there were so many notable businesses that were founded during the 2008 crisis. Uber, Airbnb, Square. Make sure you are confident and make sure that your product is is innovative, groundbreaking, and will shake up the whole industry. Another key takeaway is the disparity for black owned businesses in Boston. Like I mentioned before, they're suffering right now. And the only people that care are blacks. The only people that will help blacks. So if you are black and you listen to this podcast, it's time when you it's time that we unite. You know, we can't let these businesses close. Roxbury is definitely deep rooted in Boston and and Roxbury has so much black history. So much has been done by blacks in Roxbury. The history is rich. 
We can't lose those black businesses. So we got to support them. We got to help them improve. If you don't like their products, their services, tell them why. Give them feedback. Help them improve. Don't say they suck and never shop from them. Help them improve because these black owned businesses in Boston are the ones hiring blacks. The blacks that are not hired by whites in these large firms, for whatever reason, they're hired by these black owned businesses. Well, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you guys for listening to the whole episode. And remember, if you want to support us, please share it to another business owner, subscribe and leave a comment. Give me some feedback on how I can improve. Also, if you're a business that wants to be on the podcast, reach out to me. Or if you know any other businesses that I should have on the podcast, let me know. Also, don't forget to download the minutes to this podcast on the website. And you can also on that same link, you can also find the list of funding and resources that I that I was going over a, a little earlier. You can find that full list on that website as well. So log on to www.learntoentree.com slash SYB and you'll find the the minutes for today's episode and you'll also find the the list, the PDF list of resources and funding that I went over briefly in today's episode. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great one. Peace. I just want to buy my mama house.